today on Ag News Daily. Periodically, sometimes when the market gets the bad news that it was expecting, it says, okay, it's time to turn around, and uh, I suspect that today was one of those days in that cattle market. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Monday, June 26th. I am one of the hosts for the Ag News Daily podcast, Delaney Howell, along with my co-host, Mike Pearson. Mike, what'd you do with this weekend? What did I do this weekend? You know, I didn't do a whole lot. I've actually, I've developed a uh, pretty severe ear infection. Oh. And so uh, yesterday, Sunday, I was basically just, just down for the count. My whole, the whole right side of my face was swollen. My, uh, my throat was swollen shut. I went into the doctor this morning at like 730 and they gave me mm-hmm. some, some heavy duty steroids, I guess. All right. Yeah, Ciprodex. I'm going to be all roided out this week. <laughs> Great. Get some roid rage. Maybe you should stay home. No, I'll be fine. <laughs> what would I stay home from, Delaney? That was a nice segue. Um, we will be at the Farmher Conference. It starts actually tonight, and they just have a dinner welcoming all the wonderful ladies. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, there will be a two-day conference in Des Moines. And as we reported before, there will be... 20 states present with around 150 attendees. It's going to be one heck of a program. And um, yeah. do you know yet, Delaney, because you're you're so much more on top of things than I am, <laughs> who is going to be there and who might we be talking to for Ag News I Daily? I do. I do know. So one of the exciting ones I'm excited to bring us one of the interviews is Holly Hoffman, and she was a CBS survivor finalist for any of you that watch reality tv she was a survivor finalist and then she also is a rancher i think montana or south dakota i can't remember off the top of my head dakota okay that's what i was maybe thinking yeah but don't take that as gospel i've been wrong once before in my life well wait here i have her bio pulled up in front of me yep south dakota you're right well there we go so we'll be talking to holly Yes, and Amanda DeJong, she is the Senior Policy Advisor for the Iowa Corn Growers Association. We're going to be talking to her, and hopefully we'll be talking to a few of the other speakers and women that will be present, and also going to talk to some attendees about their farm operations. Yeah, so it's just going to be an interesting all-around week. Uh, Like you mentioned, 20 different states represented, so a whole lot of diversity in that room there in Des Moines. So that's what we have going on this week. And in the meantime, Delaney, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. I had a nice relaxing weekend. I tried not to do any work for the most part. Um, We went to the farmer's market on Saturday morning and we went golfing yesterday, which actually maybe wasn't the best day to go because it was super windy. All right. So yeah, yesterday was a little chilly. Mm-hmm. And windy, it wasn't great for golfing. But that builds character, right? If you can, if you can yeah. get a get some good shots in in that kind of weather, you can get better shots in when the weather's good, right? I yeah, and I actually played pretty well. I think I shot a forty-seven or forty-eight, and nice. I beat my boyfriend, so I'm not too upset. Well, that's good. That's what matters: being able to win. <laughs> now. now, today, Delaney, we're going to be talking to our friend Jim Burns because it's been an in exciting day in the markets. But before it we has. get to that, let's talk about the news. What's going on in the world of agriculture? 
Sure. Well, our good friend Darren Newsom, who is a market analyst for Ag News Daily, reported to DTN, or he works with DTN. So yeah, we might want to an... give his actual title. <laughs> he's not just with Ag News Daily. He's not. He does no, have a of side gig not. where he is the uh, the, the senior analyst. The senior analyst at yes. DTN. You know, we let him moonlight with those guys over there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyways. There's some market commentary on DTN today about China's corn acreage, which originally was projected by the USDA for the 2017-18 year to be around 8.46 billion bushels. And now they're saying with this second crop planting still underway, now going to be down to about 7.7 billion bushels. So if the lower forecasts are correct, that'll put China's 2017-18 corn year down 2.6 billion bushels. And according to this article, that's the lowest it's been since 2011-12 crop year. So Darren is saying that, you know, he could see a situation where China is going to need more imports from other countries, specifically corn or DDGs. Yes. And uh, that would be good to get back get them back to buying full yep. steam because mm-hmm. you know we went through that period as we talked about last week on the show when they used uh syngenta's mir162 uh variety to ban all imports from the u.s and then right. lately they've upped their taxes on ddgs coming from our country so hopefully this will this will get them back on our team hopefully so what what do you have for news well Mike? as long as we're talking about china so one of the one of the companies that was expected to be a huge player in the the world of commodities as we go into these next couple of years was Kafco, the China Oil and Foodstuffs Corporation. It's a state-owned company in China. But uh, Reuters was out today with a fantastic story. I'd encourage all of you to check it out. We will post it on our, our website, agnewsdaily.com. Basically, the ex- expectation was that Kafco might approach Bungie to buy them out or at least take a stake in them to increase their grain handling capabilities. But now it sounds like they're going to sit down for a little while, Kafka will, because they have had a terrible time over the past couple of years making all of their acquisitions work together. So Kafka International, which is their new division, um, is basically going to try to stand on its own and uh, strengthen worldwide origination, logistics, and trading capabilities, but just try to grow it rather than looking for a lot of acquisitions in the short term. Don't know, know what that s- means for agriculture, but uh. it's. I just thought it was interesting. I know you're sick, but I really, I just want to laugh because I keep thinking you say Costco and you're just stumbling on your words from your steroids. But I know you're saying Kafko. Kafko. C-O-F-C-O. Yes. Kafko. <laughs> I'm on like I'm on like 4,000 milligrams of uh, ibuprofen right now. Oh, oh my gosh. The fact that I can still see is incredible. <laughs> okay. So I guess this week's podcast will be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> they will. I'll be between... Uh, yeah, ibuprofen-induced comatose and uh, steroid-induced <laughs> rage fits. That's how this week's going to go. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so what else do you have in the world of news, Delaney? <laughs> On Friday, Secretary Purdue announced emergency grazing for Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. 
and they are now allowed to graze on conservation reserve program lands because a lot of parts of these states are experiencing really extreme drought conditions um, in categories D2 and D3 on the drought monitor. And I believe, is D3 or D4 the most extreme? Do you remember, Mike? I think it goes to D5. I think oh, it does. are all okay, uh, I was thinking abnormally before, but... and exceptionally yes. dry. Yeah, so they're allowing conservation ground now to be grazed upon for livestock because they're really worried about some of those livestock herds there in those three states. Yes, and uh, like we talked about with Ted Seifert last week on uh, Monday, you know, what we're seeing, and it's heartbreaking, it's the same situation that we saw in Texas and Oklahoma in 2012. A lot of these ranchers are having to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Do I invest in a lot of hay to keep my herd around in a cattle market that's declining, or do I just liquidate some of these animals? Yeah. And we have seen a large amount of cull cattle coming onto the, the cash cattle market as these guys, as these ranchers are just throwing mm -hmm. in the towel. Part of me yeah. wonders how much value is CRP grazing land going to be uh, if it's all been impacted by this drought? Hopefully there's some stockpile forage there, but uh, that's not going to cut it for very long, I wouldn't think, unless mm -hmm. they get some moisture. Yes, and just as a side note, if anybody, if any of our listeners do live in one of those three states, this begins immediately and will extend through September 30th. Good. So do they have to get any permission or can they just turn cows out? Yes. No, they have to work with the Natural Resources Conservation Conservation Service to develop a plan because they're still worried about the impact this will have on local wildlife and obviously CRP and conservation ground. Gotcha. So basically just if you've got livestock and you're in those three states, yep. go into your county NRCS office and uh, sit mm -hmm. down with them. I've got to imagine they'll be pretty understanding. Yeah, definitely. A, a year like this one. Yep. Well, we've got some other news. I know we have some listeners out in western Nebraska, and uh, one of the, the topics of conversation every time I've been out to western Nebraska or Colorado is the Cabela's-Bass Pro merger and what that might mean for the town of Sydney, Nebraska. But today, those two companies came out and said they are going to give the FTC a longer time period to analyze the uh, the expectation basically they're they're giving the government until the 5th of july rather than the end of june to make a decision on whether or not to allow this merger all right yeah bass pro is trying to buy cabela's for five and a half billion dollars oh my gosh jeez that's crazy yeah so do you have any other news for us to be aware of delaney i do i just we've been covering the brazilian beef issue or scandal, if you will. And we reported on some news on Friday, but I just had some updated news to share with that. So on Friday, I believe I reported that the USDA has rejected 11% of Brazilian beef, fresh beef products since March. And on Friday, they put that announcement in place saying the US will not import any more Brazilian, fresh Brazilian beef until the ban is lifted. They didn't really give a timeline or date with that, but now the EU and Canada are also considering following suit because, you know, a lot of countries rely on the U.S. when crisis arise, arises, and so Europe has 
they did that audit back in May to check what was going on and see really the cause of this. And they've also ramped up control checks, which they've rejected 108 consignments of Brazilian beef since May. And of those, 77 were due to salmonella and poultry. Um, and then a couple other ones, E. coli was on there. So a lot of health concerns. And the EU Health and Food Security gave Brazil a warning. They gave them a warning letter saying, you know, you need to improve your conditions. And so now the EU is, you know, considering banning fresh beef and other products as well. Canada is, all, Canada is also following suit. They've only rejected six shipments of Brazilian beef out of 191 shipments that they've received since April 10th. But, you know, when the, when the USDA makes these big announcements, a lot of countries follow suit. Yeah, yeah, U.S. definitely can uh, lead the charge there. And so there was interesting news that came from Brazil's Health Inspectors Union. And this is, I think, to be expected. Um, so the Union of Health Inspectors is called ANFA, A-N-F-F-A, in Brazil, and uh, represents about 6% of the 4,800 um, meatpacking installations that are authorized to sell abroad. And uh, basically... It's saying that what caused this is a lack of staffing. Basically, they're down to one meat inspector per plant, and because there's only one, it's easier to bribe because there isn't another inspector who can watch the work of the first in inspector. And then budget cuts uh, are what trigger these sanitary problems. So they're calling, of course, for more funding. And I wonder if, as discussions between Brazil and the EU go forward, if perhaps the EU will mandate increased funding for these uh, types of positions mm -hmm. to ensure you know, safer, more sanitary meat coming out of that country. Right. Well, I think that's definitely a possibility because there is a free trade agreement called Mercosur. It's M-E-R-C-O-S-U-R. And that's between the EU and then Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay, along with Venezuela. And I, I think that's the five countries that are part of that agreement. But the EU is still negotiating this trade agreement with those countries and you know that very well could be one of the stipulations for one of the one of the trade stipulations that they push through to allow this free trade agreement to happen sure well that's all i've got for the world of news delaney do you have anything else we need to be aware of nope i think that was it mike all right well before we get to jim burns let's see where the markets closed here on the first day of the last week of the month of June. Is that right? Oh, okay. First day of the last week of the month of June. Okay, let's start with corn. In the corn pit, July corn closed up one and a quarter cents to finish 359 even. December corn up one and three quarters to close at 377 even. In soybeans, the July contract up two and a quarter cents, closed the day at 906 and three quarters. November beans up two and three quarter cents, finished at 913 and three quarters. In Chicago wheat, the bloodletting continues. The July contract down nine and three quarter cents, finished at 450 even. The December contract down seven and a quarter, closed at 488 even. Let's jump into the world of livestock. August, live cattle. Delaney Howell, what do we get to say today? 
Limit up. Limit up. August live cattle up the $3 daily limit closed at 118.27.5. October live cattle up 285 closed at 115.27. Let's jump down and look at feeder cattle. August feeders limit up up the daily $450 limit to close at 149.45. September feeders limit up at 148.90. October feeders also limit up uh, close the day at 147.20. In lean hogs, the topic of much of our conversation with Jim Burns this afternoon. Afternoon. July lean hogs up a dollar seventy two and a half, closed at eighty seven oh two and a half. August lean hogs up two and a half cents, closed the day at seventy eight sixty seven and a half. Really, uh, the only spot of red on the uh, the world of livestock is in milk. July class three milk dropped sixteen cents to finish at fifteen eighty nine. August class three milk dropped twenty cents to close the day at sixteen seventy seven. So without further ado, let's get some insight on exactly what's going on in the world of delicious, delicious protein with our good friend, Jim Burns. All right, folks, welcome to the uh, the Monday conversation, our Market Mondays. Today we are talking to our good friend, Jim Burns with Rosenthal Collins. He is an affiliated person with that organization, and Jim... You know, we talked about having you on last week, and it was it was looking kind of tough. There was a lot of red on the screen as we looked at the meat markets. And today we come in, live cattle are limit up, feeder cattle are limit up, hogs up a buck seventy five on the nearby. What happened? <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of what happened with the cattle market is there was a lot of shorts in that marketplace, and uh, you got your cattle on feed report that came out on Friday. You know, showed uh, some fair amount of placements being made um, on the higher end of the range. But I think that the market was probably just a little on the oversold side. Uh, it's been heading lower here for several weeks now and, and um, you know, under a lot of pressure. And periodically, sometimes when the market gets the bad news that it was expecting, it says, okay, it's time to turn around. And uh, I suspect that today was one of those days in that cattle market. Hog, hogs, on the other hand here, um, you know, cash news is keeps on driving up, and the futures are trying to play catch up, and uh, they're still lacking with that July contract. They're still under the cash market, and you know, my belief is it still has to go higher still. Mm. And you still think ninety dollars for this cash market for lean hogs? Well, I know they've traded ninety dollars already. They've traded ninety dollars several times last week in Wyndham, Minnesota, right. mm. but the Wyndham, Minnesota doesn't make the USDA report, so we don't see it show up in the USDA report. So uh, sometime soon I'm told that they'll start reporting that number in the USDA. And is that just because that plant is so new, they've been open now maybe a year? <clears throat> Correct. That's, it, to my okay. un, that's to my understanding, yes. All right. So now here's where we are. So July lean hogs, we're pushing, we're north of 87 bucks. We've climbed seven bucks in the past week, uh, you know, mm -hmm. 10 trading days. Realistically, can we break through $90 on the future side? And now that it's close, have you readjusted your target? Are you looking anything higher than 90 No, I still think the $90 area would be fantastic. Um, you know, I kind of had the philosophy that, uh, you know, I don't have to catch the first 10% of the move, and I don't have to catch the last 10% of the move, but I capture 80% of it. You're going to do pretty, pretty well there. So... Um, you know, we're not quite at an area. I think that um, I'd recommend to get out of your long contracts yet. I still think it's got a little more room to go. Um, 
you know, I think uh, depending on how many you're long, I think, uh, you know, you start at $88 and work your way up, I, I guess, and uh, take your position off there if you can. Um, you know, you might want to hold a couple of bags just in case it moves up to 90 but, uh, you know, one never knows in these markets. Well, that's true. And if you're long that hog market, you know, you're not making a lot of margin calls. So there's no, no. nothing pushing you to pull those positions off. But, Jim, I've got a question looking at this hog market. And since you are our resident uh, hog market guru, I mean, we've got, <laughs> what do we have? A $9 spread between the July and the August. We've got a $10 spread between the August and October. And then a 5 or $6 spread between the October-December futures contract. Is that is that big of a spread common in the hog trade? Well, Do you normally have the nearby, geez, what, $20, $25 higher than the, the deferred months? Um, you know, what the summer months you will get that, though, just because of the fact that there's obviously more demand in the summertime. Um, you know, the hogs don't necessarily weigh as much in the summertime because of heat and so on. So you can get that with, you know, the the uh, Julys versus the Decembers or the Julys versus the Octobers and so on like that. Uh, now, having the spread difference between the uh, July and August here, you can sometimes get that, although it seems to me that might be real close to being stretched out about as far as it can go. Um, you know, you're going to, I believe, start to have some people out there that uh, if this cash market for the Julys continues to hold up for the next, you know, 12 to 14 days, 15 days to expiration, you should start to get some little bit of help in that August contract because people are going to be looking at that and say, well, wait a second here. There's no way we should be this cheaper because come July, you know, 17th, 18th or so on, and you need dogs delivered, you know, those guys aren't going to say, I'm not taking them at $78. You know, if you're paying $88 cash, that's where I'm doing them at. So that futures price should kind of catch up here some, or at least mm-hmm. make a move higher, in my, my opinion. Now, later this week, we have the USA Hog and Pig report coming out on Thursday. Any big surprises, or what do you expect out of that report? Well, we'll know when it, we'll know on Thursday. There's a big surprise. <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the all hogs and pigs number is the one that I'm obviously uh, uh, really in tune with here on this one, um, just because it seems as of the last, oh, let's say, three to four weeks here, we've really seen the kind of struggle in terms of not kill as much as we were expecting day in and day out. Always seem to be a little bit under. And I don't know if it's, you know, deals with the fact that you did have a some salburn lost in some fires uh, a couple months ago. You had a little PED and PERS go through here and there. And maybe, just maybe, you uh, lost a little bit of the size of this hog herd. So I- I'm kind of curious to see if it's going to be around 104 per- or, yeah, 104, so an extra 4% larger or not. Um, and then I want to look at the weights. I always kind of pay attention to the weights to see what they are. And, um, you know, I don't know if the 180 pounds and over is going to be above or or below 104. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And uh, I'm excited for Wednesday to come out or Thursday for it to come out and uh, make a plan for Friday and the following week for what I want to do in the market. Now, when you're watching the cattle market, live cattle, you know, the retail beef, you know, sell off like it has over the past three weeks and yet continued strength in the hog market. At what point do you as a trader start to worry about uh, you know, loss of pork market share, loss of pork demand at the meat counter to beef that's now getting you know, relatively cheaper? Uh, that's a hard one to answer. Um, I, I almost feel like you just kind of know. 
And, uh, I, you know, I don't think there's a magical price level difference. Uh, you just kind of get a feeling all of a sudden it starts to become more of a topic of conversation with people. And when you start to hear that being brought up more and more often, then you kind of realize, okay, other people are thinking it. So now we definitely got to pay attention to it. And uh, I think that's a hard one to get ahead of the curve on. I really do. Now that sets us up, I think, for another interesting conversation with the way the markets work today. Before, you could have that conversation that, well, you know, beef's getting off cheap at the grocery store with other traders in the pits today where do you where do you pick up that chatter just folks around i mean how how does one gather that information do you use twitter I do use Twitter, but I'm actually fortunate enough to be up in an office here at Rosenthal Collins under the uh, Jim Green Group, and uh, we have a uh, wide variety of different uh, people involved in the industry, um, a lot of them traders, a lot of them former hog producers, a lot of them farm guys, and so on. So you do get to learn a lot of stuff from them, and uh, they always have their contacts, and I have my contacts, and so on. Um, so that's one way. Another way is uh, developing a relationship on Twitter with uh, people whether it's other traders, whether it's uh, some producers out there, whether it's people that, uh, I, I, you know, I talked to a guy and uh, he builds hog barns in uh, the Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan area. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll check in with him a little bit to see what he's hearing in the cash-wise, but he'll also kind of fill me in on stuff about what's going on on building barns in those areas because, uh, you know, with some of the new plants that are going up, you need to have you know, facilities to house the barns, you know, the house of hogs. What's he and seeing? If you're not... Is this summer going to be busy with barn construction? Oh, they've built most of them already. Okay. They've built most of them that need already because you're going to be killing, so they need to have those hogs, you know, you know, six to nine-month cycle. They're already ready to be uh, slaughtered, and it comes to, you know, August, September when they go online, or October, I think it is, with the one that's in, um, in uh, Michigan. So those are up and done. It's other areas of the country that you might pull hogs from one plant to a new plant that's opening up, and maybe they don't necessarily have as many hog barns built in those areas that you have to wonder if you're always going to have a slaughter facility that is going to be on the lookout for hogs and has to maybe pay up to entice them to come in. So, um, And until you, until you get to the point where this, you know, the herd size becomes large enough to it overwhelms that but uh, i don't think we're we're there yet jim that brings up a good question the um prestige plan i think it is in sioux city seaboard is, i think that one yeah is. okay yep you're right mike they announced last week that they are going to have to push back the opening date is that going to affect the markets i mean because they were i think expecting twenty-one thousand head to be processed every day Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I remember correctly, the issue that they're running into is they can't get staff for it. Isn't that the problem? Yeah, I think it was staffing and construction and a few different things. Okay. Uh, it could run into some issues. I guess we kind of got to wait to see if there is enough plants in there in the area they are going to be able to absorb the extra hogs. Um, I don't know how they are in terms of in terms of uh, hog barns built there. If, if there's enough supply there already to. Uh, fill that plant to capacity when it does come online. If so, that, that could have some issues on the market. Uh, but that's one we're going to have to wait to see a little bit, or as it gets closer, we'll start to learn a little bit more about the effects it's going to be. Now, in an issue like that where it's a, it's a single plant, granted a, a fairly large plant, or at least it will be once it's operational, when you get those closures, those shutdowns, whether it's a fire like we saw, I believe it was Schuyler, Nebraska, 
couple mm-hmm. years ago. Is that predominantly an issue on the local cash side, or can you sometimes see it filter through onto the board? Oh, you can see it filter through on the board. I mean, generally, I, I've from one of my the golden lessons I've learned from an old timer is anytime you disrupt slaughter, it's negative for the market. Sure, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So now, Jim, before we let you go, just because I'm I'm kind of on the edge of my seat here, I want to get your thoughts. We like cattle, or excuse me, we like hogs. They're, they've got a lot of strength. The cash market's strong. This cattle market, limit up today. What do we do tomorrow? Oh, boy. You know, that's a tough one. It really, really is here. I, I, you know, nothing surprises me in these markets here. Um, it sure seemed like there was a lot of fun business coming into that August contract today. It sure seemed like 29000 seems like you, you blew out uh, 29000 in volume here. seems like you, you blew out some shorts out of the market. It seems like the funds came after it to continue buying that market. So, um, you know, sometimes we have this thing we call it Turnaround Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's probably going to trade both sides of the market tomorrow. I, okay. I think I'm safe to say that. It'll trade both sides of uh, 118.27 tomorrow. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> I like it. A safe prediction. Well, thank you. Hey, Jim. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And we will be sure to watch your Twitter handle on Thursday. Hopefully, you will be tweeting about the report that's coming out. And if I will be. Surprises. Yeah, that's at Jimmy Hogg. I'll be tweeting on Thursday, uh, probably about 2.15 or so after I digest the report and um, give you my thoughts on it. So thank you, uh, Mike and Delaney, for having me again. I appreciate it. This is always fun. And that was Jim Burns on Twitter, as he mentioned, at Jimmy Hogg, always a man with a lot of insight into what's happening in the world of protein, particularly in the world of pork. Delaney, did you eat any delicious pork over the weekend? Did I eat any pork? At the mm. uh, farmer's market? Do you have a bacon sandwich? No, I had a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, that's good. Supporting dairy. I don't think I had any pork this weekend, actually. Well, no, I had some bacon. I had there some bacon. Go. There you go. I had some sausage. Okay. So, so I feel like I've done I've done my part. And uh, as you mentioned, tomorrow we will be at the Farm Her Conference in Des Moines. We'll also be there on Wednesday, correct? Yes, we will be there on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I will be in Chicago covering some market news because on Friday the crop report comes out. And so our good friend Elaine Cub is going to co-host with you on Thursday. Isn't that right, Mike? She is indeed. And we're currently putting together a person for us to interview. And we'll make that announcement as it becomes uh, available. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. And then on Friday we will have Delaney in Chicago covering the uh, June 30th quarterly stocks and uh, plantings report. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that will be a lot of fun. We'll get some insight information. We'll get Delaney, you know, maybe we can get you standing on the floor of the uh, Chicago Board of Trade in an empty pit. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to do some, be sure and watch, folks. Maybe I'll do a Facebook or Twitter Live on Friday from the floor. Certainly. You certainly should. And we encourage all of you to check that out on our Facebook or our Twitter at Ag News Daily. Check out our website, agnewsdaily.com, and subscribe to us on iTunes, and uh, rate and review us. Tell us what you think. And with that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.